Hello, Food World. It's your favorite foodie friend, Robert Crutchfield from Crutchfield Cooks, here with another episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. Today, we've got another repeat visit. You remember? You may remember Devin Morrison. He's always the guy to go to when you need a good laugh, but that's not why he's here today. He's here to talk about some interesting health and food experiences he's had over over the last few months. And he's doing that so that the rest of us can benefit from his experience. Here's Devin. Okay, so we're here with Devin Morrison, who you might know is the host of Random PM and the soon-to-be Random PM Fitness, which you're going to love. Devin, why don't you tell us what you're here to talk about today as far as what's been happening with you over the last few months and all that sort of good stuff? Well, I want to come on here to talk about a few things. First of all, I noticed recently how my health has been in a, de- a decline. And it's not something that happened mega quick either. It's something that I was like, you know, I had one cheeseburger at McDonald's and now all of a sudden I need to worry about my health. Something that gradually built up until it came to a point where I was like, ooh, okay, something has something has to change. And so recently I decided, okay, I'm going to change some different factors in my life. And there's a few big ones that I feel like I wanted to focus on. I wanted to focus on sleep, hydration, water intake, food, but not exactly what I was eating, but when I was eating, as well as exercise. So I did a bunch of research into each of these topics. It's so over the past, you know, couple months I've been changing it up and seeing what is helping me in this area better. How does one area affect another area? And the results are actually very, very interesting. Okay. Can you be a little more specific as far as what did you notice about your, your health and whatnot? What wasn't quite right? What, what did you see that you thought maybe could be better? Because to be honest, I mean, Dude, you're only 18. It's a it's a little unusual to be that insightful at your age. So I think it'd be interesting for people to to hear what it was you were seeing. Well, first off, I know that everybody here is gonna agree. I know you will too. Naps are amazing. They're they're a gift to to humankind. Who doesn't love a good nap? My favorite sport. Exactly. If I if I could get paid to sleep, let's just say money would not be an issue. However, I noticed at my age that I get those late nights where you're studying and you might be tired, but I noticed that I was getting tired really easily, really quickly in the day. Like I would go from waking up at about eight to nine and it'll be about two o'clock and I was ready to go to bed for the night again. And so the nap, not only in length, but in frequency was increasing. And I noticed like for my age, that's not something incredibly, it was like nap every once in a while. Okay. But when you're taking them all the time and still feeling drained and tired, then something's not quite right. Well, what I'm hearing is it's not just a matter of being drained and tired, but uh, you also had a bit of a problem with stamina and endurance. Yes. It wasn't wasn't just that you were tired, but you you had a problem making it through the day. And I think that's part of what called it to your attention. Right. Also, I didn't want to rely on because I'm I'm a I know a lot of y'all out there, y'all drink coffee and the energy drinks and. I didn't want to, I felt like I was relying on those too much. Figured I wanted to find the root cause of why getting without taking a million hour nap 
was necessary. So I think a lot of it had to do was the time I was going to sleep. I would go to sleep about midnight one and I was staying up really late. And those four or five hours, there's something called sleep debt. And what you have to do is you can't just be going off of four hours of sleep all the time. You need a certain amount. And once you start cutting that amount out, it doesn't just disappear. Your body still needs to find a way to make that up. That is, i.e., that's why I was napping all the time. So the first step for me was fixing when I was going to sleep. Because sleep not only, you know, affects your mental in millions of ways, it was also helping with my secondary goal, which was losing weight. But there's many factors that play into getting better sleep. For instance, getting off your phone 30 minutes before you go to sleep. I would be on my phone until my eyes were ready to shut. And that that wasn't helping me at all. Another thing was room temperature. I know a lot of y'all are like, what? That's crazy. But there's science behind it. When your room is cooler, you tend to sleep better. Another kind of weird fact that if you if you sleep with lights is if you have an LED light and you turn it on red, red produces more melatonin. I believe that's the correct word in your body, which helps you sleep better. So you have to set yourself up for a good night's rest. You can't just say, OK, I'm going to go to bed eight hours earlier and then bada bing, bada boom. You're now the most rested human being on the planet. Yeah, and I think it, it plays a lot more into what you were trying to do into the topic of this show because although it's a it's a newer it's a newer aspect of research so the research is not as solid as it is on some other things a lot of it is leaning towards the idea that if you don't have your sleep right you can't get your nutrition right because it does certain things with your endocrine system and whatnot and I think you saw a lot of that in what you were going through absolutely another big thing I noticed when it came to sleep is noticed that I used to what I would do was I would eat all hours of the night it wouldn't matter and so when I was eating at 11 or 12 and that food was going into my system it wasn't having enough time to break down it wasn't having enough time for me to get all the nutrients and things that I would need but what I noticed is that cut it off at about eight or nine o'clock and didn't eat or really drink after that my body had time to break down the nutrients my body had time to use that critical amount of sleep to get the stuff where it needed to be to boost everything, to get everything supposed to be. But when you're eating all the time, you're not giving your body that break. Sleep is critical. That break time where you're not eating, your body's just resting, repairing, improving itself is really critical. So I feel like that's a big thing a lot of people do. And they may not realize it. They just may be up at midnight and they're like, okay, I want a midnight sleep. But in return, that's not That's not helping your body break down the nutrients and break down what needs to be broken down for the next day. That's that's very interesting because it's very in line with what's called Ayurvedic nutrition and Ayurvedic medicine, which which originated in India. In fact, Ayurvedic medicine, including the nutrition part, is the oldest practiced form of medicine in, in the world. And one of the things that Ayurveda teaches is not to eat anything major at least after six or seven o'clock and that is right in line with what you're seeing but let's move on to a little bit different thing you mentioned uh, in the start of this process doing research which as a young person i imagine a lot of that was on the internet problem with that is as we all know anybody can write anything on the internet were there certain trusted 
resources that you used in your resource. Tell us a little bit how you went through that and how you made sure that what you were reading was was reliable. Well, one major thing that I looked for was consistency. I didn't look at one article and be like, okay, so if this one's saying this thing, then it's all it's all truth and I have to follow it to that thing. So what I noticed is that if an article was saying, okay, you need to drink this much water, I would visit other sites that was about the same topic. And if the consistency was there, that a bunch of things were saying, then I would I would come to the conclusion that, oh, that's okay. Another thing is I wouldn't go to sites that, you know, just didn't look right. Like if it was, if it ended in .gov or .org or something where you know it's trusted, I would prefer to go to those sites than the .coms and the, I also looked at the author who was writing it because a lot of people believe they know everything, even though they don't. So you look at author credibility, you look at what the article was talking about. Was it even on point? If you're looking up what what's the best time to stop eating and they start talking about you know, something off topic or relevant, then their information may not be the best. So I was looking at places with not only that had consistency, websites that ended, you know, with .org or .gov, but also places that I've heard of would be, I know a lot of people will go crazy on the web and D and stuff, but places that were trusted like Healthline and Mayo Clinic, like places that you, when you do the research, you know, these places are legit. And I try to stay away from places that were like, well, that doesn't, if it didn't add up in my head, it wasn't even worth trying to get into because health is something that you can't just play around with and be like, oh, well, you know, it may work. It may not work. You want to be, you want to be sure about what you're reading. So, but I would say the main thing would have to be consistency upon many studies, not just one. That's, that's, that's very uh, productive because in your case, I think some of the ultimate confirmation was that you tried some of these things. And they were working for you. Of course, we go back to what I said a little bit ago. The problem with trial and error with things you try over the internet is some of that stuff can be downright dangerous. You might, you might, you, you might find out you got an error before you get to the trial part. I, 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 I don't know. So exactly. there, there needs to be some kind of criteria doing research in on the internet to kind of sort of filter what you're looking for. And I think some of the suggestions you made are, are, are going to be helpful to other people that are trying to the same thing that you've been doing. So tell us is what do you what are you going to do with all this newfound information? Is this is this something you did just for your for your own benefit? How does that play into what you want to do with random PM fitness? Do you know enough? Etc. <laughs> Well, I believe you never know enough. I feel like you can never stop learning. Every opportunity you can take to learn is an opportunity I would. Doing this not only, I mean, I am doing it for my benefit, of course, but I'm doing it for others because there's some people where research just may not be their strong suit. I want to make sure that what I'm learning is right and what I'm learning is going to actually apply and see no, even if you learn it all, that doesn't mean you're able to apply it all. Some things are just not for you. Like for me, one of the biggest forms of intermittent fasting that I saw that a lot of people did was OMAD, one meal a day. However, for my schedule and how I am, even though I knew about it and I learned about it, it just wasn't right for me. So I feel like what you would want to do is find somebody who has similar goals that you have that is already going on that journey and try to mimic or tune what they are doing. 
And as you already know, I have random PM. I already have the skill set needed to start a show. It's doing well and, and speaking. Podcasts are a huge source of of information. A lot of people listen to podcasts when because you don't even have to watch it. You could be listening to it while you're driving, while you're cooking, while you're reading, while anything. You could be listening to a podcast. And so because it's that type of platform, I'm able, I, I was like, okay, I already know the skill set needed. Let me start another show called Random PM Fitness, which I did. But I wanted to do it into a way where it's like the common, I don't want to say common, but like people, the ordinary people can understand. Because there's a show called Fit to Fat to Fit. And it's where the trainers become big so they can understand. A lot of these people who try to give health advice and give fitness advice don't understand the mind of someone who is bigger and who is trying to change the what they're eating and stuff like that. They're, they basically go, oh, it's all willpower. Just stop eating it and you'll be fine. Go exercise. But there's different components along with that. It's not just stop eating that, stop eating that, you're fine. So... I figured because I'm there and because I'm still working on it, I would be able to give a perspective like, hey, understand I've, I'm there now so I can talk to you better about the processes I use. And if you hear it from some buff dude with a six pack telling you just stop being fat. So that is why I started Random PM Fitness to give people an opportunity to listen to what I'm going through and be able to follow along. And if I need help, I'm not afraid to be like, hey, if y'all are listening and you managed to find a tip or two that I, that I didn't find out, let me know. So that's the point of the show is to not only inspire people to be, but to be like, been there, I'm still there, let's grow together. And that is why Random PM Fitness was brought into play. Well, I, I'm sure you agree. I, I see a couple of different points there. One, it's like I talk to people in the spiritual realm about it, especially our brothers and sisters in Christianity, if one type of minister could speak to everybody, we'd only have one type of minister. We wouldn't have Methodists and Lutherans and Episcopalians. They're very liturgical, they call it. The robes and the old music, right. the ceremony. That speaks to a lot of people, even in our modern day. At the same time, you have a lot of non-denominational, independent Baptist-type congregations that uh, if you're not lucky, you'll see the, the trolley from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood crossing the uh -huh. altar or, or, or something. And that reaches a lot of people, especially your younger populations. And as far as, as long as the content of the message is good, then the different styles and whatnot are, are also a very good thing. The other point is, it's, it's like you were talking about the, the OMAD thing, the one meal a day. The other thing I think you'll agree with is that there's a lot of different schools of thought out there on nutrition and in particular in dieting. And even though some of these things may be very scientifically valid and they may work for a lot of people, especially people that are nutrition freaks or something, you talk about the buffed out guy. For the rest of us, there are two big factors that go into that, too, that we, we can't ignore. And that's the idea of cessation or the idea of satisfied. Any diet plan, you, you if you were to give a client a diet plan, but that diet plan has them routinely getting up from the table hungry, they're not going to sustain that diet plan. Or if you have something like OMAD that doesn't fit 
like you said, your schedule, it's the same thing. It's not sustainable. If it's interfering with their family life or it's interfering with their ability to do their job or something like that, they're not going to sustain it. And either way, if they don't sustain it, that particular uh, that particular technique or whatnot is not going to work for that person long term. And if you only have one tool in your toolbox, that person is left out in the cold. Exactly. Okay. A lot of this research you obviously did on yourself. Is is there any, are you have you got any plans to do any of this on a more formal basis? I mean, are are you going to emphasize and reinforce some of that into more part of your career? I believe that what I'm going to do is try to apply what I learn into what I'm doing. So, for example, I hope or I know that the podcasting thing is something that you can do speaking and stuff like that i want to implement what i've learned into what i do on the daily of my career but another thing is if i'm able to find it may not be a main career path but if i'm taking what i learn and say okay on the side i help people with what they're going through because i have this research it's going to help me along it may not i may not become a doctor or a nutritionist or, or a personal trainer even but what i know is i can apply that knowledge to anything I, that I do. For instance, say I became, you know, a fast food worker. I know that, okay, water is essential. I know that sleep is important for doing the job correctly. I know at this place, okay, I know when it, the ingredients are going in. I know how the nutrition is infecting or is affecting the people who are buying our stuff. So I feel like this research can be applied to so many things that I'm going to do in the future. And that and I feel like it is it is extremely important to keep hold of that knowledge and to grow that knowledge because things change a lot. And I want to keep evolving that knowledge. And maybe one day I could turn it into something where it's making good money and I'm able to help others. But for now, I just want to apply it into the different aspects of my life. How, do, how is it? How do you get along with the science involved, which can be kind of involved? I mean, is it enough to know that you should divide your plates into thirds and, and so much of this should be so much of that and all that kind of thing? Or do you have a, a curiosity and a passion for the why? Do you really want to know why you do this, why you do that, instead of just what to do? You know, I'm reading a book right now, and it is 1984. And basically, that is how they think. They don't ask why, they just do. But for me... That's not going to work. I feel like for me personally, as an individual, knowing the why, knowing what is going on inside, knowing why dividing your place in a certain way, that helps me follow through more than just doing it. Because when you know why, you, you understand why you're doing it. When you put a why behind something, for instance, if you're a runner and your, your coach tells you, you, okay, you need to move your arms more this way because you're going to get more speed going that way. Sure, you could just do it, but for me, I would want to know why do I need to move my arms that way? Why is science telling me that moving my arms this way is making me better? So you have a better understanding because I believe when you understand something better, you're more likely to follow through. You're more likely to keep going and growing. Now, some of the science is questionable. I don't understand a lot of the math equations and the and the big words like hemoglobin, thermin, like all the big words and stuff like that. But what I would like to do is break it down as easily as I can and understand why I'm doing why I'm doing it 
And that way it'll, I'll be able to improve more and I'll be able to do what I'm doing at a better performance, better rate, better everything, if that makes sense. Absolutely. If somebody finds themselves sluggish, maybe they're rounder in the middle than they'd like, they, they came down with a bad case of Dunlop disease and they're kind of getting tired of it, some of that kind of thing. What's your best piece of advice or two for those people? I would have to say one would be hydration. And I know that's like a topic of, oh, I know I'm hydrated. I drink water you know, every few weeks, something like that. <laughs> hydration for me was so important because I was like, okay, I mean, water was barely a thing. I mean, I would have the water that came in my coffee or the water found in your foods. But besides that, you're not catching me at the at the party grabbing a bottle of water. That just wasn't it. And you don't really think about it. You don't think that water is is really the root cause of a lot of the problems you're having. So what I did was slowly start substituting things out for water. And that's the issue a lot of people face is they go, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all out. And that's where you fail a lot of the times. That's where I failed a lot of the times. So, you know, if we would be at a McDonald's, I would substitute the sweet tea for a water. We were here. And, and then what I noticed when I started drinking more water was, one, that the tiredness and the brain fog were starting to go away. I was thinking clearer. Heck, I, I was passing in math. And for that, that's a huge achievement. But, I mean, there's other factors included. But the water was clearing my brain fog. For the first two days, I felt more bloated. But after that, in the morning, I didn't feel like a balloon ready to pop getting out of bed. My urine color was getting better because that's a big indicator of dehydration. That was getting better. You can notice water helps with weight loss. It helps. Water is just an all-around amazing thing. So that would definitely be one thing is to drink a lot more water. I'm not saying you have to do what I do and drink basically only water, but definitely get more water. And another thing would be of what you're eating. And a lot of things in the grocery store our process you have mainly you have the outsides which would be the meat the dairy and the produce but that middle section of the store the main section is all processed and one thing that i would tell you is don't get fooled like i do just because it says no sugar or just because it says i'm healthier or or things like that doesn't mean it's the best option for you i felt me personally i fell into that trap of oh well on the box it says contains a cup of fruit therefore it means it's the best thing i could ever have absolutely not if you actually turn the package around and read the ingredients i guarantee you you couldn't pronounce one or two of that so i would i would encourage somebody to look more like think more about what they're actually doing while they're eating while they're grocery shopping the science behind a grocery store is so interesting down to the music they play down to what they put on the ends of themselves. it's all a science it's so incredible. So I would say do your research on not only food, but grocery store science and that just because it says healthy doesn't mean it's healthy. And in hydration, if you compare those two things, I think you'll have a pretty good chance of breaking that cycle, breaking the sluggishness, getting slimmer, all of that thing, all of that stuff. I, I find it interesting that you, you mentioned things like the trap and the periphery of the grocery store. Because what people, one of the things people might not realize is even on the periphery, even in the fresh areas, take two examples, strawberries and orange juice. Strawberries and, strawberries and orange juice either could have no added sugar, and the label could say no added sugar, but 
what people don't realize is even as natural products, both orange juice and strawberries are very high in sugar naturally, which if you're pre-diabetic or, or, or something of that sort, or, or just look at the national obesity epidemic, either way, that could be a problem. And here you are, you're, you're drinking orange juice and, and eating strawberries. You think you're doing healthy, but you're not. Exactly. Just, for, just from lack of knowledge. Okay, let's, let's wrap it up going a little more into your new show. How close are we to seeing random PM? Is that something we should look for midsummer? Is it something more immediate? Tell us a little bit about your plans for that and when we might see something. So my plans for that were kind of put on hold. You need just a little bit of backstory to understand. My main show, Random PM, was unfortunately we had a major technical issue. And that is another reason why I started Random PM Fitness. But once I got this other show back, I've been trying to take my time to revive it. Here's what I want to do. I don't want to go in and make these episodes about what's going on and give you the information wrong or tell y'all that I'm doing this, this, and that when on the opposite, I'm doing this, this, or that. So my goal is I want to get more research. I want to keep going. I want to see, okay, I was on only water. Now I'm introducing some different drinks. I want to make sure I'm getting a tons more information before I go back out there and uh, giving people the information. So you could expect that once, I'm going to say the beginning of summer, mid-summer, where I have more time to actually focus and, and, and realize, okay, this is what's going on. And because exercise is a big part of the whole pyramid of getting of getting better. And right now, just with school and all the business, I haven't been doing much of that. But once summer hits, I'll be able to. And I really just want to give everybody the full picture. So I want to start Random PM Fitness up mid-summer, beginning of summer, around that area, just when I've been able to, to fill in the exercise portion of it. So for right now, that show is taking a back burner just so I can gather all my stuff so I'm not out here saying, oh, yeah, well, if you exercise in the heat naked and you sweat more, then you're meta Like, I don't want to give people crazy or things that aren't true. So that that's going on with Random PM Fit. Thank you, Devin. That, that was a great conversation. I, I swear you've always been the kind of, right now you're 18, but you're more like 18 going on 40. And I appreciate, and I think our listeners appreciate the level of maturity in, in some of what you had to say. And certainly your initiative and in the research to not only fit your own needs, relay reliable information to a lot of the people out there and don't forget by any means Devin is your man if you find yourself down during the day and need a good laugh be sure to check out random pm on most major podcast apps as far as us here at crutchfield cook the podcast you can always go to www.learnmoreeatbetter.com and if you happen to listen to us on Good Pods, do us a favor and help us grow. Leave us a great review. Till next time.